Okay, popular topic. Probably the most popular topic. I can't think of uh, almost. I can think of a couple less popular topics. Okay, so uh, uh, we're here. We're we're doing this series based on this little book called "What Is a Healthy Church Member," and uh, it's uh, you know it's a spinoff of a more famous book I think called Nine Marks of a Healthy Church." And if someone said, "Well," What's a healthy church made of? Members. And uh, so, because there's, what does the Bible say about the health of the members of a church? So individual Christians who are members of a local body. And so we've been studying that for several weeks now. And uh, <clears throat> uh, it's characteristics of a healthy church member. So today our, our subject, our, our, our author gets us to the chapter called a healthy church member seeks discipline. And so we're, that's what we're going to talk about. And uh, uh, so I thought we would start by uh, sharing our own thoughts here, just putting them up on the board in my illegible writing. What is discipline? What is discipline? What is discipline? Correction, the goal of changing behavior and things. Correction, uh, to change behavior. It could also be like um, consistency or like regimented, following some standards. Like practiced obedience. Practiced obedience. Okay, good, good, good. A direction of pointing back to Christ. Good. I have some other stuff in here. I'm running out of room, so I'm going to read some more things. Uh, order. Just order. Uh, boundaries. You said something like that. Uh, standard procedures. At the office or the factory, we used to have this thing we refer to as operational discipline, which just meant we, we follow these rules, follow these safety rules. You know, we lock out the equipment before we put our hand inside it, that kind of thing. So, uh, enforcement, you said something like that. Correction is up there. Punishment <clears throat> is often referred to as discipline. Diligence, vigilance, hard work, <coughs> planning, uh, Thinking things through, organization, a lot of this up here, embedded in what we've said so far. One thing, uh, one angle of it is um, um, uh, the setting up for success is another thing we hear the phrase people use, you know, like arranging things to help them work better. Um, uh, Studying, proactively studying, like disciple, same same word, discipline. We say um, 
what's your, your area of expertise gets referred to as a discipline, right? An area of expertise. Why is that? Because you've studied it to death, right? You've got it. You know it all about that area. It's a discipline, which to get there takes discipline. Um, investing time, I think something like that. Commitment. Okay. All right, discipline. <clears throat> What's the opposite or lack of discipline? What are some words that come to mind for the opposite or lack of discipline? Sloth. Oh, that, that Sloth. <clears throat> so that's like laziness. Chaos. Chaos or lack of order. Impulsivity. Impulsivity. Lack of One more time. Lack of love. Of love. Oh. It's almost like someone's just reading ahead. <laughs> okay. What was oh, I missed one, I'm sure. Rebellion. Unnecessary ignorance. Something we should know that we don't know. Now nobody make any, but please I know someone out there is thinking about it. And now I'm thinking about it. Handwriting like yours? Yeah. <laughs> Prioritizing instant gratification. Ah, uh, all right. Prioritizing instant gratification. All right. For the sake of space and time, I'm just going to read a couple more here. I think, oh, maybe everybody got them all. Yeah, well, lack of enforcement. I think somebody's up there somewhere. Lack of enforcement, procrastination. <clears throat> so, uh, <clears throat> now I know this is, we're low on the board now, so we might not be able to see, we'll try it. What's, uh, what are some consequences of discipline? It's about consequences of discipline. Growth. Consequences. I'm going to go across that way. Like, so somebody said gra growth. Order. Order. Security. Security. Good habits. Good habits. Thankfulness. Faithfulness. No, thankful. Thankfulness. <laughs> Thankfulness. Heavy fruit. What kind of fruit? Heavy fruit. Heavy fruit. Like, lo like lots of fruit? No, lots of fruit. It's okay. heavy to carry, but it's good. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right. And what was that next one? Restoration. Restoration. Okay, uh, and I bet, what did I put that? Resilience, security, safety, uh, confidence, resilience, I'm gonna add those, confidence, and resilience. Okay, what am I gonna ask next? Correct. What are the consequences of lack of discipline? The instability. Instability. Stagnance. Stagnance. Anxiety. Anxiety. Doubts. Doubts. 
Say again. Division. Division. you guys could hear this chalkboard up here when you write on it. It seems quiet, but I guess it carries. Uh, all right, so I put, I had, I was I like almost like, well, what's the opposite of that? What's the opposite of that? So, you know, decay instead of growth. Um, what were some more failures instead of successes? Weakness instead of strength. Embarrassment instead of confidence, maybe. Yeah, I had to spell embarrassment. No. Spell check says yes. Okay, so. Um, <coughs> Oh, we're sort of building up a case here for why we would seek disciplines as healthy church members. Um, but just just to connect this, how how what would we say then about how the 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 the, the pursuit, like the seeking of discipline by us each individually, how would that affect the church that we're together in? How would our individual pursuits affect the church? Oh, yeah, let's look up, okay, let's get out those Bibles and look up Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. Whoever starts reading it first gets to read it out loud. Ephesians 2, 19-22. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints, and are of God's household, having been built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. <coughs> So here Paul compares the church to a building. And we're thinking, I'm thinking, yeah. So how what what does the strength of the materials that the building is made of have to do with the strength of the building as a whole? It's basically made up of the strength of the pieces. So and there's another passage in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, 18 through 20 and 20 through 25 through 26, which I'm just going to read. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? If as it is, there are many parts, yet one body. That there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. So another go-to analogy for the church for Paul is the body. We call ourselves the body of Christ. And again, the body is made up of parts uh, and the health of the body of a body depends on the health of all its parts. Even if some small part of our body isn't healthy, it can bring us all down or make our whole body at least not feel good. Right? So, Yes, our individual pursuit of discipline seems to have a logical connection to the health of the church, uh, especially our local body where we're, 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 by definition, key pieces of it. No one here is not a key piece. That's what Paul was teaching in Corinthians. No one here is not a key piece of the body, the local body that they're in. We may not feel like we're a key piece, and every one of us is a key piece with some kind of God-assigned function, right? So, 
All right. So we're called to be uh, disciples, students, followers, uh, children of his household. So it's like we're in a school. It's like we're in a school, disciples. But it's also uh, like we're in a movement, followers. And it's also like we're in uh, a family, a household, brothers and sisters. So uh, all four kind of the purposes of learning and growth. Learning and growth. <clears throat> okay, so... Um, if discipline then is so good, what's our problem with it? Why are we having to talk about it? It's hard. It's hard. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. Right? Let's look at Hebrews 12, 11. Hebrews 12, 11. <clears throat> If you have a little piece of paper, you might as well just stick it in Hebrews 12, 11. We're going to come back to that. Hebrews 12, 11. There it is. Who's got it? Peter Turzik. Devin's got it. Devin's got it. I'm going to go back to a regular print Bible. <laughs> Be slower at finding the stuff. We've been here in here two seconds. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Just like that peaceful fruit, the heavy fruit thing that we wrote down. Okay, so no discipline seems pleasant at the time. That's, that's our problem with discipline. We'd always rather not. Sometimes a little bit, sometimes a lot. We would rather not. Um... So, and that, you know, it's, it's, we know though, you know, it's like, it kind of makes sense. Even if something seems to look kind of easy, like sitting in class and taking notes in school. I mean, you know, how hard is that? Well, but there were many days when I woke up, I did not want to go to school. I don't want to go to school. First of all, I have to get out of bed. I don't want to get out of bed and so forth. So, uh, <clears throat> Nope, there's, there's, uh, it's unpleasant. We have to deny ourselves. You know, uh, uh, there's a verse in Matthew where Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, you're going to have to deny yourself. He'll deny himself. And, uh, <clears throat> and it went downhill from there. Right, pick, pick up his cross, which meant be, be willing to lay down your, your life for your friends. <coughs> level of love. So, okay, so that's, um, that's why we don't like discipline. We don't like it. We don't like it. And, uh, all right, so there's two categories of discipline. Our author here says there's two categories of discipline. And I think we've got them up here. We just didn't, we didn't, I didn't, should have made two columns. We could have put them in both columns. Uh, but let's look up 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. If you have it memorized, you can just say it to us. 2 Timothy 3, 16, and 17. <clears throat> All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. All right. So, types of discipline. I, I, this is, I, uh, pick a place to make space. So our author uses two words for this, formative and corrective. So in that 2 Timothy verse, what's the formative things? Teaching, training in righteousness. Teaching and training in righteousness.
and the corrective. Reproof. And correction. So formative and corrective. <clears throat> okay. How if we if we're if we're healthy church members and we're going to seek discipline, how should we? How do we? How do we seek formative discipline? How do we seek formative discipline? Make Sunday school a priority. <laughs> Make Sunday school a priority. Okay. Well, what's because because we're gonna get taught script from scripture. Okay. Makes sense. So, how else? How else do we make? How do we seek teaching? Training in righteousness. Read the Bible on our own. Sunday school, read the Bible on our own. Seek out community that will correct us, not just coddle us. Seek out community that will correct us. Well, preaching. Preaching, listen to preaching. Knowing what your weaknesses are and where you're trying to grow and making a plan ahead of time. Because you can't just say, oh, I'm going to be disciplined, and then you know, every moment you get the opportunity to try to decide what to do. But coming up with something beforehand that you're going to stick to, that way, even when you're not feeling the motivation to do it, you have a specific thing to refer back to. Right. Like when I used to go to the gym, the way that worked was my carpool showed up in front of my house. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be like, oh, I didn't get enough sleep yet. Uh, so I had a plan, and it made it kind of arrangements, so I didn't have to decide what I was going to do next as far as getting here. So, for example, planning to be here, planning to listen. Uh, if you're reading the Bible, studying, studying a subject that you feel like you're being called to study. So not just, you know, random. I mean, I'm sure it benefits just to randomly read a scripture, but it would benefit more and to take more discipline to have a plan for reading scripture. So we have like a Bible reading plan where we don't have to try to figure out what we're going to read every day if we don't want to. We can read the prescribed passage. Um, <clears throat> okay, what else? How else do we... How else do we uh, <coughs> well, I'm going to keep moving because of time. There's a... Uh, I think first, some of go it ahead. is your attitude. Oh, attitude. That's what we were going to next. Oh, oh, thank you. Sorry. Go ahead. No, Just please. your attitude toward scripture being formative in your life because I think what sometimes happens is as adults we think well I've been disciplined I was disciplined as a child I was disciplined in school now I have arrived and that's just never true we never arrive as adults we are being formed being disciplined being taught by God's Word no matter how old we are, and no matter how many things we've been through, and no matter what our positions of responsibility are, if we don't see it that way, we're going to be ineffective in what we do, in our teaching or in our counseling or whatever we're doing, if we don't see it as needing it ourselves. Amen. In fact, I was going to re have us read a, a, a verse in James that says, receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. And so we can listen, we can be in a class, we can listen, but we can listen with an attitude that's, I already know this. I'm not even taking notes, because I already know this, all right? Instead of an attitude of, I'm a, child of God not like a grown an adult who's moved out of God's house I'm a child in God's house when my father's talking to me it's to, it's to help me and I don't see myself as a Mr. Know-it-all that was a cartoon in long many days ago <laughs> Mr. Know-it-all and uh I see myself as probably 
not knowing much and what I know may be misunderstanding and really needing continuous help from my father and from his word to to grow and learn so it is an attitude we you know we talk about students and we say hey this kid's really teachable we talk about athletes and we say this kid's really coachable it's because they they have that attitude of I don't I, I need I, I need help and this is the help so I'm here to soak it up I'm, I'm looking to hear I'm looking to understand if we're listening to the to the Bible being taught or preached then in our, our attitude our heart is this you know God is trying to tell me something here what is God trying to tell me what is God trying to tell me I'm looking for what God has for me. I, I must, you know, if I'm hearing it, I must need it. I mean, that means that there's never true that we already know whatever a preacher is preaching to us. It's sort of by definition, it's never true. We're, we're not there listening to that preacher preach whatever he's preaching out of the word by accident, by some, by some routine of God's. Just coast no uh, praying uh, to understand we can't understand on our own in our own flesh right so I think praying to understand is another way that we can kind of seek that attitude Stephanie was talking about all right we're on the second page out of three all right what are some ways we often don't receive the word with meekness We've already touched on these. Pride. Pride. I already know this. Um, I think it's when you're sitting there thinking, ah, oh, so and so could really benefit from this. <laughs> <laughs> like Doug said, Instead yeah, of, uh, yeah. I should benefit from this. If you're more concerned with the, the, the style, the, the way the, the speaker preaches the word rather than the content of what he's saying. You can, so someone's not as dynamic as another preacher, so therefore you shut off. Yeah. But but what what he's saying is right, correct, and beneficial yeah. for you. Yeah. Um, you can get caught up in the person preaching more than the word of God yeah. that was given for us. Yeah. Amen. So we uh, <clears throat> and we can we can come to the we can come to the Bible with sort of non-spiritual expectations. Um, self, you know, it's like treated like a self-help book. Tips and tricks for more successful living. Yeah. Just really underestimating the Bible. That's kind of in line with what I was thinking. Like if we don't think exegetically about the Bible, or if we're thinking more what we can put into it. Yeah. From our own point of view. Yeah. So, okay. So it's that is easy for us, and so anytime we're listening to the Bible being preached, our flesh is wanting to go one of these directions, one of these non-disciplined directions. So we'll need God's help. We can be praying for God's help to to listen uh, as His children to what He is saying to us. Okay. So. Uh, now, let's talk about how we receive corrective discipline. So that was all about formative discipline. Let's talk about, there's more ways. We didn't really cover formative discipline in depth. But let's move on to uh, corrective discipline. How do we seek that? Is there, uh, how do we seek that when we're in, in, listening to preaching? How do we seek corrective discipline? When we're listening to preaching, we could we just talked about the formative side. How about the corrective side when we're listening to preaching of the word? Our heart is convicted. Conviction, right? Holy Spirit uses the word convict us of sin. Conviction we're, for ourselves and not someone else. Conviction <laughs> for ourselves, not someone else. Right, right. <coughs> like we could be, we're t you know we're saying we're telling ourselves seek. So this means look for, right? So we're looking for. One of the things we might be thinking about is what's God trying to tell me today? That's what I'm hearing. Is it, is, it, is it flagging some sin or correction that I need to do? 
looking for that, asking that question. Okay. Um, <clears throat> God brings things to our mind. Uh, second way that we receive corrective discipline, less popular even than that, consequences of sin. Let's just flag that. Consequences of sin. Like, for example, Moses. Numbers 27 and 12. Got that? Numbers 27 and 12. Numbers 27 12. The Lord said to Moses, Go up into this mountain of Abarim and see the land that I have given to the people of Israel. When you've seen it, you shall also be gathered to your people as your brother Aaron was because you rebelled against my word in the wilderness of Zin when the congregation quarreled, failing to uphold me as holy at the waters before their eyes. So remember Moses struck the rock instead of speaking to it. But he'd been specifically told by God to speak to the rock. Which would have been, you know, I think, more miraculous in the eyes of the people than hitting the rock and somehow water comes out. <coughs> so God had some purpose in his instructions to Moses. And Moses, we don't know why he did it. He was anxious. Wasn't he living in the past too? It's like he was told to strike the rock before and then this time he was told not to, but then he struck it twice? I don't know. I don't know. He maybe I don't think he was confused. Mm -hmm. I don't I think something motivated him. Okay. Something motivated him. We don't I guess we don't really know, Josh. We can theorize. But if he disobeyed God, we would be saying, God, this seems kinda harsh. I mean, that wasn't that far off. And yet the consequences were you're gonna get up he's basically telling you here, you're gonna go up to the top of this mountain where you can see into the promised land, and then you're gonna die. Right then and there. You're not going in. And it's because of that. So there's consequences for our sin. Now, was, was God punishing? I mean, that's punishment, right? Consequences for sin. We have to be careful with that, though, right? Because it's not penance. Like, it didn't change Moses' standing before God. Moses' sins had been borne by Christ on the cross. And that's... So it's doesn't it's not that 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 those consequences of for sin. So how are those disciplined then? Moses Moses didn't get much time to benefit from that. So that from the, from that he's maybe not a not a targeted example of this, but consequences of sin. How do those, how do those benefit us? Suffering from the consequences of sin. How do those benefit us? We remember the pain, and so we try not to do that anymore. Amen. Is that right? Go ahead. Well, M Moses went up to the mountain and died, but the whole people, like, oh, Moses didn't get to go in because he sinned against our holy God. And it was for this little thing. Note to self. I seem serious about his commands. Dr. Ox, don't smack Yeah. So just like a father disciplines his children, one of the verses we'll wrap up on, you remember it probably, you know, why do why why would we punish a child for misbehavior? <clears throat> so they don't do so it. Don't do it again. They think twice about doing it again. Okay. So last time I did that, Dad took the car keys away for a week, and he told me next time I did that, if I ever did it again, it'd be a month. So that helps me not do it. Okay. And then you got the brother or sister looking at that, going. Well, if I do the same thing, that's what's going to happen to me, so. I know. So the younger brothers and sisters really have it easier than the oldest. <laughs> I'm over that now. I'm over that. But I think there, there is a cer certain amount of wisdom yes. from obeying the, the mistakes of others. And, yes. Or not obeying, but observing. Observing. And uh, learning from them. All right. Yes. Three. Third way. <clears throat> Hard times hard times 
So there is a verse in James 1, 2 through 4. James 1, 2 through 4. Might have it memorized. James is hard to find. Who can read that? Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. <coughs> and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So these are unpleasant circumstances that have nothing to do with consequences of our sin. Maybe somebody else's sin, but not ours. And... <clears throat> James is telling us right here that this is good. And this all, it sounds like this same stuff. Testing of your faith produces steadfastness. It's like the same consequence stuff we had here. It's discipline. God's discipline. He's shaping us. We, we have that verse, all things work together for good for those who love God are called according to his purpose. But it's like a, so don't be surprised verse. That, that there's going to be unpleasant things that aren't our fault, that God allows to happen to us for our good. I think largely because we turn to him. We're remind, when we're in difficult circumstances, we're reminded how much we need God and how much we depend on God and how much, there, how much he's promised to help us to be a very present help in time of need. We pray to him. Why do we, you know, i got to admit, I bet more than half the times I pray it's because I need help right now. Something strikes me as I need God's help with this. And therefore I'm praying. That's okay. That's good. That's, <clears throat> that might be why he's letting it happen. To have me come running to him and ask him for help. Now we don't let, we, well, actually... I started to say we don't do that to our kids, but maybe sometimes we do. <laughs> they're going out. They're going outside without their coat. Let them. <laughs> Let them. There's a Jeff Foxworthy joke about him. About you remember when they used to have the the TV on the cinder block, and then the kid would go up there and start pulling on it and like, watch him. He's gonna learn. <laughs> <laughs> have a safety net, but. <clears throat> All right, so uh, so we can remember, and if you did put a marker in back there in Hebrews 12, I think we were in Hebrews 12 a minute ago, and it's like one page over from where we are in James. We're still in James. Hebrews 12. Have you forgotten? This is verse 5. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, or be weary when reproved by him. So lightly the discipline, that might be the going to school, you know, going studying the Bible, going to hear preaching. You know, because regarding lightly doesn't seem like something that we would do for uh, being reproved. So maybe that's a side glance there. I didn't deeply study that. But so do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord. It's not important. It is important that we seek discipline from the Lord, like say that formative discipline, or be weary when reproved by him, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. For it is, it is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. But what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have a, we've had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time, as it seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. And we read this verse earlier. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Fourth, there's one one more way for us to talk about to we would <clears throat> uh, receive corrective discipline from uh, 
from God. Which would be seek and humbly accept correction by our brothers and sisters. By each other. Now, who here had brothers and sisters growing up when you were a kid? Okay. Uh, did those brothers and sisters ever try to... Um, what's the right word? Tattle. <laughs> Tattle or just give correction. Like, hey, don't do that. Don't do that. They tried. <laughs> they tried. Don't do that. They tried. It's relevant in vain. Yeah. So, uh, yes, God uh, ministers to us through his body. So, uh, as a body of Christ, we're the body of Christ. So, what are the functions of Christ, right? On this earth now. And uh, uh, we just talked about how discipline and, and, you know, works in terms of growing the body of Christ by strengthening its members. So it kind of makes sense that we would be, uh, it wouldn't be surprising for us to receive input from God through or from our brothers and sisters in Christ. And uh, so <clears throat> God ministers to us through his body, this corrective discipline sometimes. And I think it's as we love this as much as we loved it when our brothers and sisters tried to correct us. It's none of your business. You, you, you are too. Whatever. Okay, you are too. If you tell on me, I'll tell on you. All right, so, say again? Don't tell mom. Don't tell, please don't tell mom. We can work something out here. Okay. So, uh, <clears throat> so there's a, there's a proverb, Proverbs 27, 5 and 6, better is open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. And uh, I love that word friend in there, right? Friend. <clears throat> and James 5, 16, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you will be healed. So this is getting at something that's between us as brothers and sisters that uh, is really a super blessing from God, but like the other forms of discipline, and maybe more so than some, unpleasant at the time. And I think for both parties, right? So, uh, <clears throat> so how do we receive such one-on-one -on -one correction? Brother or sister Not comes to us. Not easily be offended. Not easily be offended, okay? It kind of goes back to the even receiving preaching. We sit under it humbly realizing, I know I'm a sinner, and I know there's even sins that I don't know about yet. I'm mm -hmm. just, I want God to reveal that to me. Mm -hmm. So if I can humbly sit under preaching and teaching to receive that, I need to be ready, <laughs> even as difficult as it is, when a friend comes up and says, hey. Mm -hmm. There's also, a, I can't remember the verse. I don't know if there's, I think it might be towards preachers, but talks about reprove, rebuke, exhort, and all on suffering. Mm -hmm. But you have, to, if you're the rebuker or the rebukee, either way, you have to have a certain amount of patience in addition to humility. Because, uh, you know, otherwise people tend to go off at each other pretty quickly. Yeah. Oh, speaking the truth in love. Yeah. Speaking the truth in love. So we know this. We know this is not easy for either party. But um, if we see, if we expect, if we seek to be corrected by our brothers and sisters, if we're open to that, if we are sort of decide in advance that when that happens, like Grace said, when you decide in advance certain things, when that happens, I'm going to assume it's real. It's, this person is seeing something I'm not seeing. I'm, I'm probably, in, I'm, I'm going to assume I'm in the wrong. I'm going to ask God to take the words of this, this person has said to me and open my eyes to my sin or help me and help me accept it, help me love that person for doing it because I know it was not easy for them. Um, but by all means, 
God help me not reject that, block that, and reject that person for bringing it to me. And all the ways we know it can go the wrong way. Right? We won't in our flesh. We'll fall right into all those traps. So when that happens to us, we can even pray in advance that when that happens to us, God, please let that happen to me. Let me get used to that. Let me get more and more receptive to people telling me things I need to know. People trying to minister to me. And less and less defensive and rejecting and resentful or all those fleshly responses that I would have. Without your help, God. I think I think being praying to God in advance for that <clears throat> is a good thing. Finally, real, real quick, sorry, yeah. I thought uh, I think too. It's obviously not a requirement, but you know, think about that Proverbs. You know, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a one hundred percent required prerequisite, but I think actually being that person's friend. Or having some version of a re- relationship with that person goes a long way in when you get to that moment of having that moment of, of of correcting or rebuking. It's a lot. It's 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 better received. Um, and so I think that it, the onus is kind of on us as believers who have Christ in common in the church that we be brothers and sisters to one another, um, as opposed to crusaders looking for sin to call out in each other's lives, that we actually sort of get into each other's lives, get to know one another, spend time with one another, worship together, serve together, and as that friendship and that relationship blossoms and grows, that corrective piece of it becomes much more natural and much more um, effective. You have to deposit relational capital before you can get the next control of confrontation like that. Well, look at that. God works in mysterious ways. Where'd it go here? How do we live with each other to form the basis for speaking into each other's lives? <laughs> you so, know, I've often felt most corrected when the person wasn't necessarily trying to correct me, yeah. but a woman friend or in a small group Bible study was honest about how the Lord was had been correcting their heart yeah. and what he had been doing in their heart made me examine mine, even though they weren't directly saying, well, you need to do this. That's happened also, but, you know, it makes you think about, well, maybe the Lord wants me to be thinking about that also. Maybe I've been straying from discipline in that area. Um, and, but that was based on friendships mm-hmm. and being honest with one another. Now back to that verse, confess your sins one to another. Because that's, that's one way that we build. I mean, if you can, if there's someone of us, there's a brother or sister or several different brothers or sisters that you have a, a built a relationship with to the extent that you can confess your sins to them, say, you know, without, you can be really real and transparent with them. That's the kind of level of relationship that really enables that, that ministry of correction to flow through you to that person and from them to you. Right? So yeah, Danny, that's perfect. To, you know, loving, frequent, close fellowship with some subset. I mean, we can't have, realistically, we probably can't have that greater, that tighter, intimate relationship with everyone in this local church, but we probably can with several people at least several people uh, that we go to to church with here, right? So those relationships, how do we build them? We got to be together, we got to serve together, fellowship together, things that put us in those, uh, build up those types of relationships, um, real friendships. So when a person brings something to us, we know it's a friend. And we know we can trust them. And we know... So that's another thing we can ask God to help us get to and build, right? Um, So let's be sure there's brothers and sisters that you're with besides on Sunday mornings. I mean, who could you ask for help for any reason? Who is that? Who are those people? Building those kinds of relationships is a way to seek 
discipline because it opens up that channel for God to minister to you through those individuals, those people who are your friends, your brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, <clears throat> for, there's, a, there's a lot of scripture about that conversation, um, you know, thinking about that. I think it's, it's really almost natural if it's based on the friendship, right? Things like, you know, are, you know, praying for wisdom, getting counsel, the uh, using the Bible, speaking the truth in love is the big is the summary verse. Like, what's your motivation? Is this about if you if you are if you're uh, correcting someone, a brother or a sister? What's your motivation? Is it about you? You know, Matthew 18, we refer to. You read Matthew 18, go to your... Uh, <clears throat> if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. So it's not about... It's contingent, really, on you already having forgiven this person. 70 times 7. It's not about you. It's about restoring them. Is that how you are thinking about it? What are you thinking about? It's about them, their relationship to our, our mutual father, to God, not about, so not really as much about the relationship between the two of you. However, that's what triggers it. You realize there's something between the two of you. Uh, so we, we don't have time to cover all those elements of that conversation, but I think uh, speaking the truth in love and having the relationship that makes, makes that the wounds of a friend. That's <laughs> not wounds, right? It's still not easy for either, either of you, but uh, you've got the, the relationship that makes it safe and makes it uh, as real as it can be and, and from, as from God as it can be. All right, uh, uh, we're out of time. Let me close in prayer. <clears throat> Dear God, thank you for this time in your word this morning. Lord, I pray that you would um, teach each of us, that we would be teachable, you would make us teachable through your spirit, uh, Lord, that you've given us um, to help us uh, grow, be conformed to the image of your son. Lord, I pray that you would enable us to uh, seek discipline, the discipline that you have for us uh, to strengthen your body, to strengthen your temple, Lord, that we would seek what you have for us, even though it seems painful sometimes. And I pray that you would also be with us in the coming service. Likewise, we would worship you in spirit and in truth, that you would be pleased with our worship and that we would be growing as we listen to your word. In Jesus' name. Amen.